Hi, and welcome to Walk Talk, a podcast courtesy of the Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Nurses Society. Walk Talk is your opportunity to learn more about advocacy, education, and research that support the practice and delivery of expert healthcare to individuals with wound, ostomy, and continence care needs. Please visit wocn.org slash podcast to subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jody Scardillo. Welcome to this week's edition of Walk Talk. I'm your host, Jody Scardillo. This week, I'm delighted to be sitting down with Carol Stanley. Carol is a master's prepared advanced practice registered nurse and CWOCN at Rush Oak Park Hospital, part of the Rush University Medical System in Oak Park, Illinois. We're going to be chatting about a poster she presented at WOC Next 2021 that was entitled Catapulting Wound Ostomy Care into the 21st Century, Utilization of a Certified Wound and Ostomy APRN to the Full Extent of the License. Thanks so much for joining me today, Carol. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. Good. So I always like to start by uh, talking to people about their WOC nursing background and how you became a WOC nurse. So will you fill us in on that? I was doing home care for quite some time, actually. And around 2004, our nurse educator at the time decided that if we had WOCNs on the staff or wound certified nurses on the staff of our home care, that we would have better outcomes for the patients and we would do better financially as well, that we were wasting money on wound care supplies, et cetera. And so she asked for people to volunteer to be certified. And I enthusiastically raised my hand because I had been doing some wound care and realized feeling challenged with those home care patients. And so I got my first certification, not WOCN in 2004. And I wanted to be a WOCN then, but I did not have a bachelor's degree. So you need a bachelor's degree to be a WOCN. And so um, at the same time, I was put over the barrel to get that bachelor's degree. That was kind of the agreement. It's like, well, we'll send you for the certification if we'll go get your bachelor's too, because we had become magnet at some point. Our organization had become magnet at some point there. And of course, then the push for bachelor's degree became greater. And being a diploma RN at the time, I had really wanted to pursue more education. So it was kind of the push I needed. I had a son who was under a year old. So I was home with the baby a lot. And I thought if ever there's a time, maybe this is it. And so um, I did that. And I did complete then that bachelor's and I had a coworker, Diane Zeke, who I would continuously run to and say, what do I do with this woman? What do you know, help me? And, you know, our WOCN, our, our, our WOCN. And one day she looked at me and she said, you know, maybe you should be a WOCN since I was driving her nuts, right? <laughs> and I said, maybe I should. You know, and I had some continence training. I had been a continence nurse at Northwestern Memorial back in the 90s. And so I kind of had that. I was for two years, I was a very dedicated continence practice, um, doing bi- bladder biofeedback and bladder training and uh, urodynamic testing. And it really dove quite deeply into that area. So I had that. And here I was with the wounds. And be- once you start doing a little bit with wounds, of course, they start giving you all the ostomies. And so I was like, well, yeah, but I, you know, I, and she said, do you have your bachelor's? And, you know, I said, well, I'm working anyhow. So, so that was kind of how all that birthed. And I finally did get my bachelor's, I believe by, oh, gee, probably 2007 or so. And then I did my WOCN, finished that by 2009. And then once I had that, I really wanted to do this 
inpatient role, you know, consulting. So when I did my WOCN, I shadowed the WOCNs at Northwest Community. Uh, and I really wanted this inpatient role. I just found it so interesting because there was teaching, there was research, there was patient consultation, there was all that. And I felt it was really the place where I could dive in and really learn about wound care and really become skilled, you know, and, and become the expert that, that I believe in a WOCN is, right? And so, um, so I pursued that and um, I came to Rush Oak Park and got a job here. And when I was hired, part of the agreement was that I would get my master's. So, so they pushed me into getting my master's. And again, very willingly, I, I obliged and started working on my master's. I believe I finished that in 2014. And then once finishing that, I really decided that the NP was kind of I had to do it, had to do it, you know, so that I could debride wounds. Number one, that was kind of a passion, like in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, well, if I could just debride this thing, you know, so which we in Illinois, we have to be nurse practitioners to debride. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. So I went for the NP and finished that in 2016. And I've been doing this ever since. So, so that's, that's how I, my WOCN evolved. And the, the funny thing about it was it started with this spark and this interest in WOCN, but it also turned into a much greater thing. And really, I think when I started my bachelor's, I had already been a nurse for 20 years. So it really sparked my, my career. It really opened up all these avenues for me. I found great support in the WOCN community and it's just been nothing but good for me. So now you did a poster and you have de- sort of developed your own kind of position where you uh, cross settings and use your APN RN role. It sounds like really effectively. So will you talk about what you're doing and how you kind of got to be doing this role the way it is? So, you know, I, as I said, I went to Rochelle Park in 2010 and was doing just the inpatient role. And my director, Chris Evans, she was always, again, very supportive and, you know, kind of like, this is your role, do with it what you want kind of thing. I had left. I mean, in order to finish all my education and everything, I worked closer to home. I was at Northwest Community then full-time for a while. And in the meantime, she developed this role. It was This was her baby, really. She's retired now. She was a wound certified WOCN. She decided that it would behoove the wound clinic here at Rush Oak Park to have a WOCN nurse practitioner. Okay, who could work in the clinic, fill in for the docs when they're off, and then also be the one to do the inpatient consults. And part of this, as a director, of course, she she thinks, you know, uh, return on investment. And so she realized that this department, that the wound care department would lose money by the doctors being off right? You're going to lose revenue because now those patients frequently, you're not able to disperse them to other providers. And so they kind of miss a visit. It's also bad for the patient because they're missing a visit, right? So in that week that they don't come, sometimes they're developing infection or their wounds are just going south. In an effort to uh, keep our patients on track and then to not be losing revenue because of all of that, because of missed visits, she said, if we have a nurse practitioner who is available to the clinic, that would be great. And that nurse practitioner then would also do those inpatient consultations. And financial wise, we would not, this position of inpatient consultation would no longer be drag on budget. Okay. So on that, on that wound care center budget, because really the inpatient nurse really wasn't doing anything for the wound care clinic. We're a bit of a liaison where we're, we would refer patients to the clinic. So in that way, we would do something But it wasn't something you could collect data and say, look, this nurse going upstairs recruiting patients for our clinic 
or referring patients to our clinic is actually good for us and it is actually a money-making position. Whereas an NP able to bill those visits certainly would be very easy to collect data and show that we were making money for the clinic here. That was her baby. Since I had worked here before and now she knew I was an NP, she had reached out to me. She actually reached out to me a couple of times. And finally, I came and talked to people and said, okay, yeah, I really think, yeah, we should give this a go. So, so yeah, I came back. So this physician-run clinic, does that run like full-time? Yes. Monday through Friday, there's a different provider each half day. So we have providers here in the clinic. I think we have maybe 10. Well, we probably have 10 or more right now because our interventional radiology vascular docs come, they do two half days each week. Sometimes I'm doing two or three or even four half days each week. So I carry Wednesday mornings. That's, you know, kind of my time, 830 to 1230-ish, depending how many patients. I, I've seen as many as 15 patients, you know, on in that time period. And I am the provider in the clinic on that day. Each half day slot is filled by another physician. We have surgeons, we have podiatrists, and we have the interventional radiologist, and we have a family practice doc who's been doing it 15, 20 years. So yeah, we have all sorts of providers here. And then do you have your own patient panel that you follow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then if a doc's off, you would fill in with some of their patients. Is that how that works? Yes. I just take over their caseload. I rearrange my inpatient duties to take over whatever time slot that they're not able to be here. So vacation or these holidays, I've been especially busy, you know, because they're take, everybody's kind of trying to get a little time off. And so I just fill in. So we have very few missed visits now. Okay. So that's really helped with that in terms of continuity of care, I bet. Yeah. And even like for our surgeons, I mean, if they get stuck in surgery or they're running late or they need to get out of here to get to surgery for an emergency case, whatever the case may be, I can jump in and see one or two or however many patients they need when needed. And then what happens with the consult service in the hospital? Do you have inpatient WOC nurses that you interact with over there or are you it for both places or how does that go? There is not another inpatient WOCN here that I that I'm aware of. I know of no one who is wound certified at this time. And so I'm at the hospital. We do have our skin committee. I run the skin committee as well, the inpatient skin care committee. And that consists of and PCTs from all the units. They're the group that are prevalence studies, and they are our representatives, uh, skin and wound care representatives throughout the hospital so that they help keep their co-workers up on pressure injury prevention and, and all that sort of thing. And whatever the latest is with wound care, they're a resource to their unit. Yeah. So I do have that representation. Yeah. And we have representatives on every unit. Wow. How big a facility is that, Carol? We're maxed out at about 80, 85 patients, which we have been extremely maxed out with COVID. And then what do you do about follow-up for those patients? So say you get a consult for a patient with, I don't know, a new ostomy or a pressure ulcer, and you do a consult. Do you have ability to follow up on those patients as needed? Or do you follow up if the nurse on the unit calls you and says, oh, this isn't working right or whatever? How does that go for you? So really both. If the patient's here more than a week, I'm trying to see them a second time. I, I want to see what's, what's happened with the treatment that I've ordered and um, see how the patient is progressing after a week. Otherwise, I do rely on the nurses to kind of call me and say, gee, what, something doesn't look right or whatever. And so I do get those phone calls. For the ostomy patients, I pretty much just 
go see them every day. We don't have a lot of new ostomies. Most of ours are emergency cases, but we do have an occasional elective ostomy patient. And so I will go and see them as well. So I always like to know, what's your kind of favorite patient population to deal with? I, I always like to ask lock nurses that because we all have our special place in our heart for certain types of patient problems. So tell me what yours is. It's really hard to say. I mean, I love them all. That's kind of the crazy thing. And, and so our ostomy patients, you know, we, there, there's a certain bond that when you teach someone, when, when they're in such a vulnerable position with that new stoma, you know, and, and needing to learn, I mean, really... Once they learn their ostomy care, it's it's a new freedom for them, you know. Otherwise, they're they're really afraid to go out and have problems with the ostomy. So there's there's certainly a special place in my heart for those people. I do see ostomy patients on the outpatient basis as well. So if someone's having problems with an ostomy, they will come and see me, make an appointment, you know. And I end up spending, uh, as many of you may well know, you know, usually those visits tend to be close to an hour. It, it's a long visit. It takes time and you want to go everything very over everything very carefully and, and really work with these people to, to solve their problems with their ostomies. So they're special to me, probably because of my inpatient role that I've been doing for so long for pressure injury prevention and treating pressure injuries. So I do see a lot of our pressure injury patients. I always have my patient population in the clinic tends to have the most bed patients, you know, the patients who have, to, we have two beds in our clinic, the ones who have to be put in bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'd say they're my favorites, but those are the ones I, I tend to get. I don't know. The, the patients with multiple comorbidities, that's which most of us are, you know, trying to deal with an immune problem, immune, an immune disorder, or they're on um, autoimmune suppressive, you know, drugs, they're immune suppressive drugs. And so then reaching out to the rheumatologist and, and working with them one-on-one and say, hey, you know, this is what's happening with these wounds. Do you think you want to adjust their, their medication somehow to help us with that? Or our renal transplant patients, you know, maybe if we could change one of their anti-rejection drugs, maybe we could heal this wound a little faster. And it's amazing what you can accomplish <laughs> when, when we collaborate. It's always worth the phone call, always worth reaching out in that manner. So those are some of my favorites. The most difficult ones probably are my, are my favorites. Did you have to do a business plan for this position or was that something that your director did when you were hired? So the director did that. She did the business plan and figured out all the return on investment and everything. But then I get the reports. So all of my billing goes in through Epic. It does separate out per provider. So I can just run the report on the revenue that I've submitted each month. And I get a nice point of service and CPT code list of my billing and then my total bill amount in professional billing each month. I'm able to at myself. And then there's another report that my manager now, Kathleen Young is our manager now. Chris left a year or so ago. So Kathleen runs for me another report that shows the hospital-based billing for each provider in the clinic. My, my professional billing includes the inpatient and the outpatient side. So that's my total billing. And then the hospital-based billing it separates out per provider. And so that hospital-based billing is kind of like your rooming charges and your, um, you know, when we do compression wraps on patients and when we apply um, engineered skin grafts, be it Aplograph or Restrata or whatever, which we do a lot of grafts in this clinic now, all of that billing goes to this report. And so then I'm able to say that, you know, if I wasn't here, 
if I were not here and these patients weren't seen, then this, this billing would not have gone through. And so I kind of take credit for that too, more or less. You know what I mean? I attach that to this role as well, because without this role, that billing would not be going on. And that's how really like the idea for the poster. And um, we originally did, Chris and I did it together. We went to um, Russia's research symposium. So Russia University, and I do get their referrals from over there too. I get referrals for wounds sometimes because people are closer in the neighborhood here in Oak Park. Or, and I also get the ostomy consults as well. Right now they're in a in-between spot where they don't have a WOCN in their surgeon's office. The general surgeon's office has like a, an, had a WOCN working there and she's been gone for at least a few months now. And so I will get referrals on their troublesome ostomy patients and you know they can be here in the clinic too. So, um, so, so we keep track of the revenue this way and, and that shows. So Chris and I went to the research symposium, presented this position in like a shark tank sort of presentation, you know, kind of down and dirty, 10 minutes, bam, 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 this is what we do. And from that then sparked my idea to do the poster for WOCN. Yeah, it's a great poster. It really is really well done. The million dollar question is what happens when you want to take a day off? I think many people that are by themselves struggle with that whole issue. And it sounds like you have a lot of resources in place on the inpatient side to at least start taking care of the patient. But tell us about that a little bit. I developed a dressing algorithm, which I'm sure everybody's familiar with. And so a wound care dressing algorithm and what to do with each type of wound. I made ours very simple. So it's kind of a quick flow chart. You know, is there a wound? Is it deep enough to pack? Is it how wet is it? And, you know, then you get your yes, no's and, and you know what to do with what we have on the shelf here. Okay, in on each unit. And so the nurses follow that dressing algorithm when I'm not here. There is not anyone who fills in for me because there is not another nurse practitioner, WOCN here, who can fill those shoes. Kind of unofficially, I tell people, well, you know, if it's a bad enough wound, you really should also be calling surgery and or podiatry and moving to these other resources. But if it's just a matter of trying to figure out what dressing to use, here's some ideas for basic wound care. And of course, on that algorithm is my disclaimer, you know, this is not a comprehensive wound care program. (laughs) This is what to do in a pinch. And then in the clinic, what happens is our nurse case managers will try to disperse. They do all the, most of the scheduling our ongoing patients. The new patients are scheduled by our admin people, but they will just disperse those visits out as much as they can. And I, I really try to be here on my Wednesday morning for my patient population, you know, I'm, I'm kind of attached to my job. (laughs) That's good though. That's good for the patients. Right. So then like, say you were out of town and there was some urgent situation with a clinic patient, then they would get that patient in and have whoever was available, see them. Yes. Okay. And then how do you organize your workday? Like if you're, you have that set Wednesday in the clinic time and then you, it sounds like you can organize your work life the way that you see fit, but do you try to like have dedicated time on the acute care side so you're not running all over the place or how, how does that go for you? Well, and being a small institution, most of the time it's not a problem. On occasion, you know, I have to leave a patient from one day to the next, but that happens over the weekend anyhow, or like we just had the holidays. We had three day weekends. So things kind of cropped up. I had more than usual patients facing me yesterday morning so that I was, you know, get all in yesterday. And there were a couple that I did not get to see. So I just do the best I can really as far as that goes. It's rare that I don't get to see one of my consults. That's 
that's the good news. So it seems to just even itself out. So when I'm in the clinic, for the most part, I, I've kind of got the blinders on and not going upstairs and not trying to do anything. On occasion, I'll get paged. You know, sometimes it's like the ICU. I'm sorry, Carol, but oh, this patient just came in. They have a lot of wounds. Would you be able to come up and just look with us and help us get this one settled in? And so I can run up there and in five or 10 minutes, be able to direct and, and help people figure out what they want to do and get an idea of what the patient needs. Even complete my whole consult at that point, you know, depending on how much time I have. So I do juggle it that way. I do get calls on occasion this morning. I got a call from the ER. Can you come over? Uh, we've got a patient with the wound back. Luckily, I was not teaching nurse residency. I thought I was teaching nurse residency. <laughs> so I suggested my schedule came early and got everything all set up and got on the call. And they said, Oh, we don't have you on schedule today. And I said, Yippee, because I've got a lot to do. So, anyhow, and in the meantime, then the ER called me, you know, shortly thereafter the ER calls, and I went to see a wound back patient over there who had a huge surgery on her leg. She had a really large wound on her leg, and her back had been beeping since pretty much since she got home yesterday. Not have home health plugged in yet. So, I was able to take her back off, you know, do the wet to dry. We'll talk to the surgeon. We'll do all that and share her home health will becoming ASAP, I believe. So I was, you know, I just kind of juggle it. However it works, teaching time away from the times in the clinic that I might be needed. So for a while there, I was covering our medical director, Tia Price from uh, Rush University. She is really the to me, the end all and the be all. When it comes to wounds, she's just awesome. And so she's a general surgeon, very de- and dedicated to wound care, extreme, you know, extremely dedicated to wound care. I was sharing her clinic with her for months now. So on the days that she couldn't be here, I would carry her patients as well, which her schedule's loosened up a little bit now. And I'm kind of disappointed because she has the most interesting patients, of course. <laughs> of course. So um, yeah, it was really nice to be able to do that. Are you doing any virtual visits in the clinic or in your inpatient area? How's that going where you are? I did a few virtual visits during COVID. So we did close for, I think, a month and a half or two months when COVID first started. You know, there was kind of a push that we closed. Um, so I did do, I did some virtual visits then. It was hard for the patients to maneuver the cameras to, to be able to see these wounds. And then, you know, this, I mean, there's something about seeing it live, you know, I mean, even pictures sometimes don't do them justice. I'm I'm always surprised. I'm like, gee, this looks much better on the picture. That wound looks terrible, you know, or vice (laughs) versa. Right. Or the other way. Yep. I only did a few during COVID and so far we have not gone back to virtual visits. You talked about the number of visits and the income you generated. Do you keep any other data? You mentioned in the poster you had good healing rates. And so tell me a little bit about what you do besides the income that you generate. We had a system. We were previously affiliated with a national organization that crunched the data for us. So um, our admin would put some data in and that would get crunched. Right. What we did as we came away from that that organization. Um, We are no longer part of that organization. And so we lost that ability January of last year. And so at the time that I created the poster, we still had kind of some healing rates from them that, you know, they look at heal and that sort of thing. And so certainly, you know, my outcomes were as good or better than the other providers in the clinic, because we needed to show the value of this position. And that, of course, the nurse practitioner would be as effective as any of the other providers, right? So that's what we had then. Now, so what we did was we put in the Barbara Bates Jensen into Epic 
for our wound care clinic. So our nurses in the wound care center use that to track the wounds. And so we can then get our healing rates from that. Oh, good. That was a great way to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. To help make that transition too. that, that was, you know, something I had done um, somewhere else I worked. I had for our clinic and I wasn't working in the clinic then, but um, I had worked in the clinic before. And that was, so when we went up with the Epic, I was like, oh, you got to get that in there because that gives you your healing rates. And so that helps a lot. Who do you report to? Do you report to a nurse or a, a physician or how does that go in your organization? I have so many bosses. It's crazy. But <laughs> it's kind of, I, I, well, and right, isn't everybody our boss? But I mean, I would, you know, I'd like to think I answer to everybody I encounter and that I hopefully answer in a positive. So I report to the manager of the clinic. We have a manager, not a director now. I report to her directly. She does my reviews and all of that. And then we have a director who is not a nurse who I report to as well. And so he's more like the finance and the the business side, uh, physician, procurement, that sort of thing is is what he works on. And like the day-to-day running, not not the day-to-day running, more of the oversight. The manager is more of the day-to-day running of the clinic. And then I report also to our chief nursing officer. So she pulls me in whenever she feels that she needs to, for whatever reason, you know, be it pressure injury prevention or what's going on in the clinic or whatever. So, yeah. Are you content with the role the way it is, or do you have new things you want to do or change or add to this model that you do? I really love the role the way it is. It keeps me rather busy between covering things in the clinic and managing the patients upstairs. And like I said, I get involved in education for nurses as far as pressure injury prevention. I do ori- and I do orientation for all our new nurses. I do a spot in the nurse residency program for each cohort. I make I, I get at least an hour in there for each of those cohorts. I'm also used as a resource for the physicians here in the clinic as far as they'll pull me down to figure out what's going on in the computer or with billing some, you know, we kind of collaborate that way with new processes. Like I was the first one using, um, we ended up getting a measure for our graphs. Our sales rep for that particular product was here teaching me how to use that. And then when the other providers started using that graph as well, because I had such great results. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was like, yes, use it, use it, use it. This is great. This is going to help your patient. So um, when they started using that product as well, I was able to be a resource to them and teach them as well. So these kind of newer things just kind of crop up and, and come along for me to be able to do. So, so far, so good. I mean, so far I'm not bored. And I find to the point where I feel like I can be, again, a little involved in our WOCN society, our our local chapter. So I'm helping plan our upcoming community education day. I'm really thrilled to be a part of that community. It seems like a lot some days, but I'm very happy to be a part of it. Such a wonderful group of WOCNs. I'm so, I'm really so blessed to be a part of it. I'm really so happy to be a part, seriously. If I were somebody who might want to do your role like you do, are there things that you would say to that that person or are things that you wish were done differently when you started? Oh, okay. So the thing that happened when I started, I think I would have spent more time shadowing the docs in the clinic, but they, I think intentionally with intention, because at that point I didn't have a patient population and they didn't know if I would have a patient population. 
or when I would, because most of our slots, you know, our half day slots were filled with providers. And so there wasn't really a slot for me when I first started, but within a very short period of time through attrition, I ended up taking on, I mean, within a couple of months or two, I had a slot, you know, and then I had another slot and I had another, (laughs) and, and, and people were taking time off. And I think I would have spent a little more time kind of shadowing in the clinic. The beautiful thing of it is that all the, I feel like every provider in this clinic, not to mention even upstairs, like all of our infectious disease doctors, everything, because I, you know, I just became a nurse practitioner in 2016 and I came here January, 2019. So it was the end of 2016. So it was just a couple of years and I was working just inpatient in that interim for that two years. And so to expand into that clinic role, I think I would have spent a little more time shadowing if I could have, but certainly all of the providers here have held my hand, you know, help me through whatever. If I say, listen, can you go over this with me? Or I just, you know, I just want some reassurance about this is what I'm thinking about this patient or this situation. What would you do? You know, or do you think that my thinking is sound here? Or, you know, this is, this is my treatment plan. What do you think? Or would you add something or take something away? Or I'm really, again, very fortunate to have this wonderful group of providers here in the clinic to use as resources infectious disease, everybody upstairs, I can ask anybody in the institution. That's great. So if you have a patient that you're looking at and you're like, oh my God, one of them will come look with you. Yeah. Frequently, it's just knowing how to navigate through antibiotics and, you know, it looks like everything is IV. I had a lady who had an infected donor site for her uh, cabbage for the graft, for the, the vein. And so her leg was infected and we were full. So I sent her to the ER and they said, well, if we weren't full, we'd probably admit her, give her IV antibiotics, but let's try this. And, you know, so I was collaborating with that ER doc then and she got, you know, all her testing done. She, she had all that done, but they didn't admit her. A week later, she's still looking infected. He had taken her off one antibiotic and put her on the other. And so now I'm looking at the culture results and going, you know, I, she still needs that first antibiotic. And so I put her back on that and I, then I'm collaborating with the surgeon which the patient was mad at the surgeon. And so, I, so now I'm counseling, right? These two together because they are a team, whether they like it or not, right? Right. right. So all of that went on and she cleared, everything cleared up beautifully. Her wounds, I, I'm thinking this week, probably next to healed. I think she's probably out here right now. And so I'll, I'll get a look at that and see how she's doing. But um, she came around beautifully, but we couldn't even get her admitted because everything was full and she wasn't sick enough. She, you know, I mean, we were looking at a a red hot swollen leg, but there was no fever and you know what I mean? So we were vaccinated her. So sometimes that's my biggest challenge is those antibiotics and which ones. And if I, if I don't have access to the IV, then it can get pretty complicated. All right. What else is important that I haven't asked you about yet, since I bet you have patients lined up as we speak. The other thing that I didn't say is, you know, like how I reach out to these different physicians in the clinic and all the time. So the ways I'm reaching out is we have interventional radiology vascular doctors in our clinic, and they do amazing things with our patients with venous disease and arterial disease, and they are able to revascularize them or, you know, take care of their veins. So I'm able to collaborate with them on a day-to-day basis. I have a patient I'm looking at and things are not going as well. We get those tests done. We send them to the vascular. They do their interventions. And sometimes it's really quite magical to see wounds will come around. Wounds that people have had for years will suddenly be healing. That collaboration is just, you know, awesome. I've got a guy with 
some bullet fragments he managed to heal up and without the fragments coming out. And uh, last week I, he had opened up again and I was able to get him to the surgeon and she's going to come to the OR now. So those collaborations are just so important. You know, this is our home. I have them right here at home. I've got them right fingertips. It's really great. Yeah, that's great. It makes it for easier collaboration, I bet, too. Yeah. And again, I'm just so happy to be a part of the team. Oh, and I, you know what, I'd be really remiss if I didn't say we have an awesome, the way this clinic runs with our WOCN RNs, because I have a case manager who works with me hand in hand on every patient, you know, and all the coordinating for getting wound backs, for getting home health care when patients need it. And looking at the wound with me and, you know, saying, well, gee, don't you think we should add another layer because this patient has a lot of drainage? You know, that sort of thing and so that we are working really hand in hand on a day-to-day basis on every single patient. And so that team collaboration, including our WOCN RNs, is really just an awesome aspect of this position as well. Great. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Thanks so much. It's been fun. Again, if you're interested in looking up Carol's poster, it was entitled, Catapulting Wound and Ostomy Care into the 21st Century. Utilization of a Certified Wound Ostomy Advanced Practice RN to the full extent of the license. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Walk Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk Talk. Please visit wocn.org podcast for additional details about this topic and the speakers. You can also get more information about subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode and to get the latest news and information from the WOCN Society. Again, That's WOCN.org slash podcast. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Walk Talk.